Welcome to the Gambling Chalk Talk Podcast, where we major in the wager. Podcast episode number 265, the Dave Butts episode. And it's a solo podcast. Uh, Darth Wager's under the weather. Hopefully he'll be back for uh, Thursday. We'll record our NFL picks uh, that, that airs on Friday. In this podcast, we have NFL Thursday night game, opening night of NFL I break, I break down the uh, Atlanta Falcons versus Philadelphia Eagles in that one. And then I give you my college football picks for week two of the college football season. Please remember, I'm an author of the L.E.R. Mini Series, Cold Blood Red, Fourth and Dead, Squeeze Play. You can get them directly from the publisher, thewordverve.com. Or if you're an Amazon Prime or Kindle Select user, you can download it to your favorite electronic reading device for free. And... The website, www.jeffreyblander.com. All our picks are there. We have Major League Baseball picks from myself and Darth. We have our college football picks up there. We will have our NFL picks up there on Thursday. So all the picks will be up there for you to look at. Absolutely free. You can help support the podcast by clicking on the the MyBookie um, widget there. And you get a 100% sign-up bonus. Use the promo code DARTH at checkout. You get $100 free play money when you deposit 100 bucks. You double your bankroll. All you got to use is a promo code DARTH. And we have an Amazon uh, banner ad there. You click on that. I believe it's a little picture of my book, Code Blood Red. And you buy yourself something nice on Amazon, and a little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show at no additional cost to you. So there you have it. We have the NFL Thursday night pick. We have our college football week two picks for you. And let's get it rolling. The Dave Butts episode number 265. Podcast number 265. The Dave Butts episode. Dave Butts, former Washington Redskin, also played for the St. Louis Cardinals for one year. It's amazing how the St. Louis Cardinals get rid of uh, very good players, especially in the 70s. They really didn't have a clue in the front office, apparently. Six foot seven, 291 pounds. He was a monster. Uh, played in uh, Illinois in high school, went to Purdue, is in the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, Was on is one of the seven, 70 greatest Redskins. Um, he was there for their Super Bowl and I think it was 82, 83, something like that. Uh, so Dave Butts, number 65, and this is opening week of the NFL. We have our NFL Thursday night breakdown, and then we have our college football picks for week two in college football. This is a solo pod with the coach today because, uh, Darth Wager feeling under the weather. Hopefully, uh, he's better, uh, for Thursday night. Uh, we watch a football game and we record our picks uh, for the Friday podcast for the week one of NFL. So he'll be back hopefully uh, with us on uh, the next podcast, number 266, what player uniform that will be. Who knows? Uh, before we get to the uh, Thursday night, opening night NFL game, quick quick, uh, quick peek back. Ooh, say that fast. Uh, college football. Um I went a lousy uh, four and seven, and Darth Wager went uh, two and six. Not a very good start to college football. Started out pretty well on Thursday when I had the uh, UCF Golden Knights with the Golden Picks uh, over UConn. I had that correct. I also had Northwestern over Purdue. Uh, I had the Duke over Army game correct, and I had Notre Dame, the Golden Dome. I had that one correct. Uh, the Golden Picks I had right. It's just all those others in between that were wrong. Uh, try to do better for you later in the podcast with that one. Uh, Darth Wager, 
the military academies let him down. Navy lost, or, uh, Army lost. Maybe he should have bet on that Coast Guard con college game, like I suggested. <laughs> so, week one, the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons, the Philadelphia Eagles, and this is a good one. We have the uh, the Super Bowl champion open up as usual in the Philadelphia Eagles. It's their home game. It's uh, not a bad little spot for them to be in. Uh, the The line opened at four. It's now two and a half. In reality, though, that line opened back in March or late April or early April, I should say. And it was three points as of September 1st. It's now gone down to two and a half. So there's been some heavy action, apparently, on the Falcons. That's why the spread is dropping. Uh, the uh, some, some things to look at, though. The Super Bowl championship champion on opening night since the year 2000 have gone 15 and 3 on opening night uh they've only lost back-to-back twice and that was with uh the giants and the ravens i believe they they lost uh flacco's year and then uh with one of the eli victories there i think it was 2012 2013 uh that's the only time there's been back-to-back opening losses for the reigning Super Bowl champ. Last last year, correctly, the New England Patriots took it on the chin against the Chiefs. Uh, so not likely to happen again. Against the spread, the Super Bowl champions are 11-5-2 on that Thursday opening night. So keep that in mind when you take your picks. Uh, some things to look for. The Eagles. What I like about the Eagles. Their coach, I think he's better than the Falcons coach, Dan Quinn. Um, Not saying much about the Eagles coach there, Doug Peterson, but I think he's better there. Offensive line, uh, won the Super Bowl with a beat-up offensive line last year. Now they're healthy, so they have that going for them. And their defensive line was probably the strength of the team last year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So you're playing into the strengths of that Eagles team and one of the two things I look one of the three things I look four things I look at offensive line defensive line coach quarterback play and you can check the boxes off for the offensive and defensive line for the Eagles where we get in trouble is the quarterback you got Foles who's banged up from the preseason Uh, he's been named the week one starter they did coyly mention is he really ready I mean how many reps has he had he hasn't had any game reps uh, in in the uh, preseason games, the timing might be off a little bit. That concerns me with the Eagles. Uh, but the Falcons, you know, it's tough. You know, they, they did well against the Eagles last year. They lost in that, that divisional playoff game. They were on the two-line down five, and they threw a lob pass to Julio Jones and, and didn't connect. Do I think the Falcons will be hungry? Yes, I love hungry teams, but the beginning of the season and the NFL, the reigning champions, Super Bowl champions, opening night at home. They're going to be hungry too. So I think that knocks it out. The cons with the Falcons, they averaged eight points in the preseason. This is a team that struggled offensively down the stretch last year as well. So that concerns me with the Eagles. It's now under three points. It's almost like Vegas is teasing you to take the, take the Eagles once it drops under three like that. But I'm going to take the Eagles. 
Atlanta is one in four spread in their last five in Philadelphia. Uh, there's a lot of things pointing the Eagles' way in this one. Uh, the, the Eagles are four and one against the spread in the last five games in Week One of the NFL season. Uh, Eagles are ten and two against the spread in their last twelve games uh, on grass field. This is a grass field, right? Uh, and the Falcons are just a lousy two and six against the spread in their last eight row games. Keep that in mind. Another thing I want you to look at is the under number. The under right now is 45. And there are a lot of signs pointing for this game to, to, to go under 45 points. First off being uh, the Falcons scoring a grand total of eight points in the preseason. That's not too, not too good. Uh, the under is 7-0 in the, in the Falcons' last seven games overall. 7-0 in the last seven, seven games against the NFC. Um under his 4-0 in the Falcons' last four road games, including that 15-10 to loss in Philadelphia in the playoffs last year. And so it, you, you got to kind of look under, under for uh, this game. Uh, the Eagles, the under is 4-1 the Eagles' last five home games that they've played. So I am looking for the Eagles to cover that 2.5 points. Eagles, minus 2.5, and, and I like the Eagles under 45 in that first game of the NFL season. Let's pause for a moment for MyBookieAG. That's where I do all my online sports wagering. You go to MyBookieAG, use the promo code DARTH, D-A-R-T-H, who's not with us today. He's a little under the weather. Use the promo promo code DARTH, and you get a 100% sign-up bonus. So you put $100 into your bankroll, you're going to get $200 to play with, $100, and then $100 of free play money. Uh, to, to wager with. So go do that. That's where I go. You get paid quickly when you when you uh, when you want to cash out with uh my bookie AG. That's the spots to go. They have live in game betting. That's always fun to do. You can always hedge your bets a little bit. That's more of a Darth Wager thing. Uh, he likes to hedge the bets, not me. If I'm gonna bet on something, I'm going all the way on it. Uh, so there you go. My bookie AG. College football. Week two of start off the podcast. I told you how I took it on the chin. Four and seven. Darth Wager, two and six. We will have those picks up for you uh, eventually on the website for college football week two. Just look for that. There's a little Heisman, uh, cheesy Heisman trophy pic- picture. Click on that, and the games will be on there. I do not have 11 games this week. I've narrowed the focused. Narrowed the focused. And to, to clean it up a little bit here, have a big week. 5-0, and 4-1 oh, and one is what I'm predicting. I have games starting at 12 o'clock on Saturday, 1 at 3, 7, 8, and 8.30. So it seems to, to last you through all of Saturday in your sports wagering. And you can even hedge, not hedge those bets, but par, uh, progressively bet them. You know, if I lose that first one, I told you, I'm going to go 4-1 or 5-0. and oh. I lose that first one, just double it up with the second one. Uh, we're going to start off. At Kansas State. All right, Mississippi State minus nine and a half at K State. And th- this is this is a uh, a pretty good matchup right here. Uh, you got an SEC school, you got a Big 12 school. K- Kansas State last week, uh, they barely snuck by South Dakota. They won 27 24, while uh, Mississippi State played one of the sisters of the poor, Stephen F. Austin, and won 63 to 6. So. South Dakota Nags are the poor. They are a a strong uh, football program. Uh, K-State escaped in that one. Uh, some things to look at. Mississippi State, 
first year coach, weak wide receiver group. They don't have that going for them. I do like their quarterback, Nick, Nick Fitzgerald. They do have a very good defensive line. Uh, Montez Sweat, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Braxton Hoyette, very good on the D-line. They're a veteran team. They have 17 re- returning starters. Uh, they're 11-9-1 as away favorites, and that's not very good against the spread. All right, They have a good offensive line, but not a great one. Okay? So that, that concerns me a little bit. Kansas State, they're a little bit soft at linebacker. I'm not sure Mississippi State takes advantage of that. They don't have a great running game. Not a bad running game, but it's not great. And they're a little weak at wide receiver as well. These are the positives. Eagle Snyder at coach. Maybe one of the top five coaches of all time in college ball. Right? Their offensive line is very good, led by Dalton Risner. They have five returners on that offensive line. And, and guess what? Their defensive line is pretty good too. Uh, Reggie Walker, Trey Dishon, pretty good defensive line. So the offensive and defensive line battles, I think it's a wash. I think it's pretty even between Mississippi State and K-State. I think there's a slight QB advantage to Mississippi State, but I think there's a big coaching advantage uh, to having Bill Snyder on that sideline. I think they're able to keep this a single-digit game. I'm not, I'm not sure Kansas State escapes with a win, but I think they keep it under 10 points. You're getting 9.5. Take the 9.5 points at home with Kansas State. Game number two, 3 o'clock, Georgia at South Carolina. We got an SEC battle. Last week, Georgia played against the Sisters of the Poor. Austin P. Poor Austin P. Georgia beat them 45 zip. South Carolina faced in state rival, Coastal Carolina. Not really. Uh, not even in state rival. I believe that's in Coastal Carolina, is actually in North Carolina. South Carolina won 49 15. Right, so neither team was challenged. They were able to look ahead, maybe prepare a little bit uh, for this game in their previous game. This spread is also nine and a half, just like our last one. What I like from Georgia, okay? Georgia's defensive line is not that good. Their offensive line is top-notch. Uh, the, their defense is not ready yet in Georgia. That scares me a little bit, but they got Kirby Smart back there, um, as the coach, good defensive coach. Um, I think, you know... You can't judge anything off the shutout of Austin P. other than maybe it was a confidence builder. But that defense does scare me a little bit for Georgia. What they do have going for them, offense is outstanding. They got Jake Fromm at QB. He's very good. They're still good at running back. They lost Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb. They got DeAndre Swift. He's still very good. And the last 10 games are 7-3 and three against the spread in the SEC. So that's what I like about Georgia. South Carolina. Their offensive line is not good. So even though Georgia has a weak defensive line, they're going against the maybe the worst offensive team in South Carolina. Last three years, they lost by at least two touchdowns to Georgia. This is South Carolina. Last three years, lost by at least two touchdowns. And they're but they're nine four and one as a home dog. I, that's that's going for them. I think they have a good Good coach, Will Muscamp, uh, Muscamp, however you spell it. Uh, they have good good linebackers, uh, DJ Wanham and TJ Brunson. Maybe they can stop DeAndre Swift a little bit, but they still got to battle Jake Fromm. And that O-line is so poor. 
I think it, it kind of doesn't – they can't take advantage of the weak Georgia defense or weaker they're used to. I think Georgia wins the line battle. On I think Fromm's a better QB than what South Carolina has going. Muscamp is a good coach. I think Kirby Smart might be great. Okay, And I, I even if you, you say the coaching's a wash, you got to go with Georgia in this one. You lay the nine and a half points. Take the Bulldogs. Okay, Give the points on the road. SEC battle. All right, now we get to 7 o'clock at night. We're going to the ACC. ACC versus SEC. We have Clemson at Texas A&M. Clemson is 16 and 18 as an away favorite. 7 and 8 the last three years. So you're looking at about 50-50 chance here. They're away favorite by 12 and a half points. Double digit points at Texas A&M. Very tough place to play. This is what I do like about Clemson, though. Their defensive line is damn good. They'll all be playing on Sunday. They're hyped, and they should be hyped. They're good. Uh, Cleland uh, Farrell, Dex Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, Austin uh, Bryant, all very good. And, you know, they kind of take away from a pretty good linebacker, Kendall Joseph. Their front seven is outstanding at, at Clemson. And Texas A&M, average. On the offensive line. That is a problem. That is a problem. They're also average on the defensive line. And I think Clemson's running back, Travis Anthony, is going to take advantage of that. Texas A&M. 28-0 versus non-conference opponents at home. The last time they lost at home against a non-conference opponent at home was against a Power 5 school called UCLA. Uh, so they play all weak sisters at home. That's why they're twenty eight. Oh, so you hear that stat over the next few days? Don't be, don't believe it. Don't believe the hype. They haven't played anybody else. Uh, they do have Jimbo Fisher as as coach. He's four and four versus Clemson. Okay, and, and Texas A M pretty good at running back. Keep the game close for a while. But remember that offensive line is just average at Texas A and M, and that's going to be trouble when you're going against that defensive line. And I'm not sure they can control the ball, the ball with the running game. Against that front seven of Clemson, I think that neutralizes the good running backs they have at Texas A&M. Uh, they do have a pretty good linebacker and pretty good defensive uh, lineman in Landis Durham, Tyrell Dodson at linebacker. They do have that going for them, but I think it's just too much. I think it's just too much. Clemson, again, will be contending for a national title. Texas A&M will be contending for third place in the SEC. Lay the points. Lay the points with Clemson. Clemson's got the better QB. Clemson's got the better coach. Clemson's got the better offensive line. Clemson's got the better defensive line. Lay the points, 12 and a half of them, to Texas A&M. Take Clemson in this one. Another late game, 8 o'clock. Penn State, 8 and a half pit. Penn State, what a game that was last week. 45-38 overtime against Appalachian State. If you follow me at Twitter, at Coach Belanger, I was tweeting about this game as it was going on. Uh, The Big Ten Network, uh, great job by the cameraman. Just showing the angst in the crowd. Oh, it was great. Just seeing all those Penn State State people cry. And then they they got the last laugh, though, however. Uh, 45-38, 38. Uh, Appalachian State, those last two minutes. Uh, they, they score with like a minute 20 left. I'm like, oh, no, they scored too quick. They left too much time on the clock uh, for Penn State. And uh, their quarterback, Trace, 
McSorley is very good. Penn State eventually ties it, goes to OT. They win in OT. Their defense actually comes through, gets a pick in the end zone to end the game. So Penn State escaped Appalachian State, not like Michigan who couldn't escape Appalachian State a few years back. Uh, Pitt, they beat Albany 33-7. to Let's look at the game, though, more closely. Penn State, a couple negatives for them. They lost nine starters on defense, and boy, did that show against Appalachian State. Uh, hopefully that, that game uh, prepared them for this one. Uh, some positive things for, for Pitt. They're 5-2 and two as an away favorite the last two years. Uh, they got Trace McSorley, McSorley. I mean, he showed his chops against uh, Appalachian State with not much time on the clock. They got Jawan Johnson at wide receiver. They got a pretty good offensive and defensive line, although that defense uh, got torched in the fourth quarter by Appalachian State, but it's still pretty decent. Uh, Pitt, let's look at them. They're okay at linebacker. They also got nine starters back on defense. It's really hard to judge them on anything in that Albany game. One thing we do know about Pitt, ACC team, they got a bad offensive line. And they get a below-average defensive line. And that is not going to be good against the Nittany Lions. Uh, the other the other bad part, you have a, a bad offensive line. Maybe you have some good skill position players to make up for it. Nope. They got poor skill position players too. They're 2-8 and eight versus Penn State since 1989. Uh, they lost 33-14 to 14 last year. It wasn't even that close. They had a late score. Um, they're 2-4 and four as a home dog the last three years. So I, I, they only have four starters returning on offense. You lay the eight and a half points with Penn State in this one. They got a better offensive line, better defensive line, better QB, much better QB actually. Um, and maybe a slight advantage at, at the coaching position as well. And it's only eight and a half. I know it's on the road. Uh, maybe people are a little shy about Penn State after losing to Appalachian State. But Appalachian State every once in a while has a pretty – damn good team and maybe this is another one of those years they have a pretty damn good team so take Penn State lay the eight and a half points at Pitt in this one before we get to our last one www.jeffreyblander.com that's our our website it has Darth Wager's baseball picks it has my baseball picks it has our college football picks and coming up Thursday it's gonna have our NFL picks it's all for free you go on the website you can you can get your picks there and you can help support the cost of the podcast and the website uh, by using those Amazon banner ads. Click on the Amazon banner ad. You click on my book, Code Blood Red, I believe is the picture of it there. It brings, brings you to Amazon directly to my book. You can buy the book or anything else you might need. Last time uh, a fan of the show bought something, it was a chainsaw. I don't know. Get some wood. Maybe he bought a lot of land with the money he was wanting. And, he, you know, he chopped down a bunch of trees. He built a nice big house. I don't know. Something like that. So go there. And uh, click on the Amazon banner ad and, and get all your picks there for, as well. Our last game, 8.30, Pac-12, USC getting three and a half points at Stanford. Last week, USC beat Stanford, uh, beat UNLV, uh, 43-21. It was actually 19-14 to going into the fourth quarter, and then they erupted for 24 points in the fourth quarter. This game was actually closer than what it was. Uh, Stanford, they beat San Diego State 31-10. Let's look at the game more closely. USC. Actually, inexperienced at quarterback. 
after having NFL quarterback or NFL quarterback, they're now a little bit young at that position. Okay, so that's maybe a little bit negative going into Stanford. Uh, they have a very good defensive line. Um, and they might have the best linebackers and defensive backs in the Pac-12. Uh, linebackers are led by Cam Smith. D-backs are led by Iman Marshall. So they got that going for them. This is the problem. They're, they got a very good defensive line, but Stanford has the best offensive line in the Pac-12. Um, they got K.J. Costello returning uh, at quarterback. They got Bryce Love at running back. Um, they should have more than enough offense. I can't think of any negatives on the Stanford side other than their, their mascot's a tree. All right? And so... I. I I got nothing. I mean, O-line is in Stanford's advantage. The D-line is in USC's advantage. It's a great battle, but I think Stanford's got the upper edge on that. QB battle goes to Stanford. Coaching battle goes to Shaw, David Shaw at, at Stanford. I would lay the points. Lay the three and a half points. Um, maybe it gets a little lower as we get closer to game time, but probably not because USC is a heavy public team. And if it's three and a half now, um, maybe it drops. I doubt it. Um, but lay the points. Take Stanford to win by a touchdown in this one. So there you have it. The college football picks for week two of the season already. And uh, we already talked about my bookie AG. Use the promo code Darth to get a hundred percent sign up bonus. A hundred dollars of free play money. Put in a hundred, you get a hundred. And we talked about going to the website, looking at the picks. And lastly, but not least, don't forget I'm an author. The Lee Armini series, Code Blood Red, Fourth and Dead, Squeeze Play. You get them directly from the publisher, thewordverve.com. Buy those books, 12 bucks online. Get it shipped to you. Read it on your way to Vegas. And if you're an Amazon Prime or Kindle Select user, you can download it to your favorite electronic reading device for free. So there you have it, folks. Podcast number 265, the Dave Butts episode. Hopefully, Darth will be back with us, back healthy, on his feet, ready to go on Thursday so we can talk about NFL picks. And that NFL picks pod will be up on Friday for you. We'll have all our NFL picks then. Enjoy the rest of your work week.